0: Hi, this is Caroline. I am super excited by a new feature that I have available for you. If you go to my show notes, you'll see a link that says, I would love to hear from you. Text message me here. Yes, you can now text message me. So if you have any thoughts about an episode, if you've got ideas for an episode, if you'd just like to connect and say hi, then click on that link. I'd love to hear from you. Hi there, I'm Caroline Thor, professional organiser, KonMari consultant, teacher and mum of three. I started off my life as a mum feeling overwhelmed, disorganised and desperately trying to carve out some time for me amongst the nappies, chaos and clutter. One day, one small book called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying changed everything and I began to learn strategies for making everyday life easier. Today I have the systems in place that means life can throw almost anything at me And I want to share them with you. If you're an overwhelmed mum struggling to keep it together, then this is the podcast for you. Grab a coffee and settle in for a quick chat with someone who gets your reality. Hello and welcome back to the Living Clutter Free Forever podcast. Today's episode is going to be a real treat for anyone who has ever struggled with staying organised because we're joined by the incredible Katie, an ADHD advocate who has amassed a huge following on social media with her honest and inspiring story. As someone who has been personally impacted by ADHD, and with many clients who face similar challenges, I was thrilled to have the opportunity to sit down with Katie and chat about her experiences. Her candid and relatable approach to her diagnosis has made her a source of inspiration for so many people, and I know that her insights and tips will be invaluable to you. In fact, this episode offers so many hacks to help you with organisation that it will be useful if you have ADHD or not so you can sit back and enjoy, knowing we've got you covered. To make things even easier, I've created a free resource which includes everything we talk about today. You can grab it at caroline-thor.com forward hacks. The link, as always, is in the show notes. Are you ready to dive into the world of ADHD and organisational struggles with Katie? It's funny and relatable and such a great conversation. Let's get started. Aiti, hi, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited because I think this will be a learning experience for both of us. And so I'll be learning a lot about organization and we can kind of chit chat about my experiences with ADHD and then also your experience of learning about ADHD and maybe the the root of some of this stuff is, is
0: really exciting to talk about. Absolutely. And I think as I mentioned to you, when I first contacted you about being a guest on the podcast, I have so many clients who have an ADHD diagnosis, or they have children with an ADHD diagnosis, so they're dealing with that on a day to day basis as well. I've been on a very steep learning curve and I think it's so important to raise awareness and for people to realize, you know, there's, there's not something wrong with them. They just have their brains wired differently. Organization is tricky. So I really wanted to get you on today to raise awareness of that and, and hear a bit about your experiences and stuff. So before we get started, could you tell everyone in a nutshell what ADHD is for those people that don't know, can you do that? Is there a short version Well, you know, it's a spectrum. Everyone's so different. Um,
1: there are three types of ADHD. There's hyperactive, inattentive and combined, which is what I am. I'm, I'm combined. I'm, I'm extra fun. I'm a little bit of both. So I'm not exactly a hundred percent hyperactive and I'm not a hundred percent inattentive. I kind of slide back and forth between the two. Mm -hmm. Um, parts of my life seem very hyperactive and then parts of my life seem very inattentive. And so I, I check kind of instead of checking half or one side of the boxes, I am very lucky to check almost all the boxes <laughs> that have to do with, with ADHD. And so it, it is, it's really um, it's been really fun. And I'm excited to hear that you are kind of in your own um journey of like that hyper focus of like learning about what ADHD is and how mm. it impacts, you know, us and our lives and our children's lives and stuff. And because I'm late diagnosed, I think you mentioned um about people who are who are learning about ADHD, they're often learning, they're learning In their own way of finding out that maybe their child has ADHD, and they go to the doctor and they start to get supports to help their child. And all of a sudden they start talking about family history. And the doctor starts asking you questions and you start going, Oh man, I am I'm checking more of these boxes than I think I expected. And so then that's when, you know, a lot of parents reach out to me, they say, you know. I have a child that was recently diagnosed with ADHD and it turns out um, I think they got it from me because it's extremely, you know, hereditary. And a lot of times we do get it from our moms. And so I think, you know, because women are less likely to get diagnosed, especially later on in life, you know, in the past, maybe three years, because more women are becoming doctors or because of social media, there is kind of this like draw, more people are talking about it and learning about it and sharing their experiences. And there's more awareness and acceptance around it that I think people, maybe the stigma is gone or maybe people are more open-minded, but we're starting to realize like, how many things are related to ADHD and where we probably needed support much earlier on and have kind of fought our way through life and made our own tools to support ourselves. And then later we find out, oh, wow, I have an actual neurodiversity. I have something, my brain is just wired differently. And so all those struggles that I've, I've had my whole life are wondered like, what is that? Why do I do this so differently? Or why is this so challenging for me? You finally get that piece of the puzzle. That's like, oh,
0: it Was ADHD, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so, it's like it's a ha moment for you. Oh, and I found so- you on Instagram and I was searching, and I, I love your posts. Um, and that's why I've reached out to you to be a guest because I just find your posts absolutely inspiring and they're also funny as well, because at the end of the day, we we want to be entertained at the same time we're learning. So you you hit the balance brilliantly there. <laughs> um, and I started looking. Because I have so many clients with ADHD, I wanted to understand how I could better support them and understand what their other daily struggles were outside of organization, which is what I'm helping them with. And then as we were starting to learn a bit more and I was learning a lot more, it became really clear to me that actually one of my kids fits in these patterns and and has actually gone ahead and, and gone through a diagnosis I have another kiddo with autism, and then I've got another child with um, dyslexia and dyscalculia. So we're we're just rocking it here for the the neurodivergent world, which is is great. <laughs> <laughs> whoop, whoop, <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah, honestly, yeah. <laughs> deep learning curve. It's it's fun, um, but the more, as you quite rightly said, the more I've been learning on behalf of my clients and on behalf of my child. I've really started recognizing a lot of things in me as well. And I've said so many times on this podcast, organizing does not come easily to me. And I'm starting to think there might be a really good reason for that. So it's quite, it's an exciting journey. And um, I just love the superpowers that people with ADHD have as well. But we'll come back to that later. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) um, okay, so your diagnosis as you say has come later on in life for you how has that affected you how how has that made a difference um you know there like you said that aha moment
1: was so wonderful long story short you know t- 2020 happened the world kind of shut down as you will and we all kind of Found comfort in our home, not able to communicate really with people outside besides like social media. And so that's kind of where I what I did is I I found social media. And as I was, you know, scrolling TikTok, I started to see all these TikToks about ADHD. And I was like, the first time I saw one, I was like, oh, that's kind of funny um, all those make sense to me. And those are things that I've kind of been made fun of my whole life. And, but, you know, I don't have ADHD and I'd scroll past it. And, you know, after about the fifth or sixth one, you know, the algorithm is so funny how it really targets you and knows, you know, Hey, it's trying to tell you something. And so I think eventually I, I kind of was like, well, maybe I, I have ADHD. Like maybe I should take just a couple online tests. It doesn't hurt to just, explore and there's all these free resources online and free tests. And so I thought, you know, I'll just take it for fun. And it started getting into the, you know, the the inattentive side and like the daydreamer side and like the bad, the poor memory recall. And kind of like, you know, we're talking about messy. I've been messy my whole life. I've been disorganized and not only disorganized with like physical objects, but almost disorganized in my thoughts. Disorganization takes on so many different, Mm. you know, parts of your life. And I could just see that throughout. And I'm thinking about in school and, you know, my backpack and my desk always looked like a complete mess. And um, there's a lot of things that have to do with um, having a hard time keeping track of time. And there was just so many things that I could really relate to and felt comfort in being like, oh, I'm not the only one. Oh, I'm not the only one with that too. Or that makes so much sense. And so I definitely experienced that and I get all these test results back and they all like like I said, I marked all the boxes. I got an A plus in ADHD, basically. Yay, well done, Katie. <laughs> I was like, I aced the test like crazy, Then it's like, oh, I have ADHD. And I ended up, you know, the diagnosis process for ADHD is not easy, and I would say especially for women, and especially people who are late diagnosed. So I was 29 and 2020, and that's kind of when I started to go down the rabbit hole mm-hmm. of ADHD. And so I was really nervous, like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to get diagnosed. My doctor is going to not believe me. And I show up to the doctor and I had a packet of all the tests, everything. And like I said, I am very disorganized, but for something that I felt like was really, really important and I, I put a lot of pressure on myself, I made myself extremely organized and I had, you know, highlighters and um, post-it notes and all the things on paper. So she could really see the signs. And I had signs as a child and as a teenager. And even now, and she kind of flipped through it and was like, yeah, I think, I think this is good. I didn't ever think the green binder full of ADHD traits was enough for her to go. Yeah. I I think you have ADHD. And so, you know, it's, it's really interesting because it, I was really new to ADHD and I didn't really know who to reach out to or who to talk to. And so I felt a lot of comfort on TikTok and social media because it was a safe place for me to talk about ADHD. I wasn't really comfortable telling my family or or people that I'm close with. It's kind of that thing where I I'm okay with random people following me on social media, but I don't want anybody who I actually know to see my content because it's like kind of embarrassing. And so I didn't know how to tell people like I have ADHD because I was so scared that they'd be like no you don't. And I knew at that, that part in my journey that someone telling me I didn't would really crush This Mm -hmm. like feeling of like completeness and understanding that I finally found in myself. And so I thought, you know what, I'm just going to do, I'm going to make a video about all these signs that I've showed my entire life in relatable things that I've been doing. So all the people who know me couldn't say like, oh, you don't do that because they were right there. These little clips of videos of things I've been doing my whole life turned out to actually be ADHD. So I'm like, I'm just going to make this video and post it. And, um, turns out it went viral <laughs> it got over 8 million views. And wow. so definitely everybody I know
0: saw it. And, uh, yeah. um, <laughs> I, I think that would be, that would happen.
1: <laughs> right. I'm like, okay, maybe I'll make this video. It'll be a funny thing, but I found so much comfort in in sharing it. and So many people replying back in the comments and sharing it and going, I relate to this so much, or I shared this video with my therapist or or family, and it really opened their eyes to it. And so I think I'm usually like the first video some people see or first video people really understand, because it's not just the ADHD traits written on the DSM. It's like, these are how these ADHD traits present in my current life and, and even in my past. And so it really showed how ADHD impacts our day-to-day. And I think that was more understanding for people to see than just like, just like lists of symptoms basically is what we get now. And so I was really fortunate because I didn't have a lot of pushback with my diagnosis. And right away, I had so much support from the online community that I I kind of like grew into this person and this advocate, which I never would have expected. And um, it was a really, really good experience for me. Not saying there were moments of really tough, because I I don't want to scare you away, but there seems to be this thing of like, you kind of learn you have ADHD and you feel on top of the world because you're like, I finally have all the answers. There are people outside the world that live in, in in the same environment I do and can really understand me and relate, and I can relate to them, and it feels so good. And you're kind of on this, like, I call it like the pink cloud. Um, they they use that a lot in, like, sobriety, where when you're first, like, sober, you feel like this high of, like, I'm sober, and I'm so proud, and I feel really good. But then all of a sudden, that kind of goes away, and you start realizing how, All those signs and those red flags were always there, but, and like, almost like cries for help or things you probably got interventioned on at some point or got support in school in some way, or maybe your your grades weren't very good because you were disorganized or you struggled to keep up with homework or you struggled academically, or for me, focusing was always really challenging. And so to me, those are like cries for help that people really saw, but I didn't actually get any real support besides like, you need to do this and you need to change. And this is how you're supposed to do it. And so I think that's kind of like when grief starts, you know, those stages of grief where you're like, oh my gosh, I was a child and I was really let down and I wasn't really getting the support I needed from the adults that were supposed to help me. And so there is, I try to warn people after you come through with the, the awareness and the acceptance of it and you're kind of excited, you know, there are some things that come up where you start to kind of realize like, the things in your life that you really did need support on, you were trying to put yourself a, like a, if you're a star shaped block and you're trying to shove yourself into a, a circle hole, it's not going to work, but our whole lives we're trying, we're taking our pretty little pointy corners and we're squishing them down and putting them and trying to shove yourself in a hole. And you've been doing that your whole life. It's, it's really frustrating to go like, Oh no, like I, I was trying to do things like neurotypical. And like you've said, like, Kind of this thing of like you're you're like the most disorganized organizer person ever. It's kind of that thing of like, yeah, because neurotypical solutions don't work for neurodivergent people. It just doesn't work, and so you have to kind of develop
0: tools to help yourself. Yeah,
1: and that's a very long-winded answer. I'm so sorry. No, but- no, it's
0: it's really it's great. And in fact, I have I have set up the tools, and I I very often will say that the KonMari method, which is the method of organising that I used, it literally saved me when my kids were little. I thought I was going crazy. I was feeling so overwhelmed. But applying this method and sticking to it rigidly has really helped me learn how I need to organise in order for it to work for me. That doesn't mean to say it's going to work for everybody, but for me, it definitely helped. Um, And I have things like I'll spend five minutes every evening just going around picking up and putting things away. Although this evening I've noticed my husband walking up to me with things I've left lying around the house going, where does this need to go back to? And then he'll do it and then he'll come back and go, and where should this be? And... um, yeah, so so he's he's a great support in that respect as well. It probably without him, we'd probably still be slightly in chaos. But I have to quote you on one of your posts here. Ooh, um, I that I loved this one. So this, I'm re- this is my book that saves me as well. I write everything down. I love that. Yes, I I have a book. It goes everywhere with me. Um, So this was one of your captions and you'd shown a picture of your kitchen with the cupboard doors open, the cabinet doors open. And your caption was, anyone else have a haunted house? My ghost loves to leave open cupboards and turn on lights, but doesn't touch the pot that's been soaking in the sink for three days. (laughs) Gold. I love that, Katie. And then I had a look through all the comments that people had written and and people were commenting. And there were things like, yeah, my ghost is always hiding my keys in my phone. That's me. Um, Folded laundry's been in the basket for two weeks. A week is my maximum, but I don't put it away when it should be. Empties the bathroom drawers and leave products everywhere. That's me. Uh, Hiding stuff under Piles. That's me too. Uh, And so it goes on. And (laughs) so I just thought it was absolutely brilliant because at the end of the day, we, we all do this, even people that aren't on the spectrum in any way, shape or form. We've all got things that we find tricky about being organized. So what strategies have or have you found any strategies that have helped you when you have got a pot that's been in the sink for three days or you've left something somewhere or you know that you should be organizing and tidying something up, have you found anything that works for you? You
1: know, similar to you is I have an amazing partner. <laughs> I I really do. I have such a fantastic partner who really does help me a lot when it comes to those um I like to call them like the last leg. I'm very great at sometimes, not all the time, but starting something and getting about 90% done and just losing momentum, losing interest, losing anything. I'm distracted by something new and shiny. You know, it's one of those things where I I could fold the laundry and, and put it away or I could paint half of my bathroom because that that sounds like more fun. I, I really should just do something completely random. Um but, you know, the one thing I like to encourage people uh, with ADHD is find something that works for you right now, you know, and, and embrace that. If something is working for you right now or if something works for you for three weeks, take that as a win because it's always good to try something new. And I love the, the the timer method of setting a timer for five minutes and just doing as much as you can for five minutes. Make a playlist. Put on um, your favorite music and just try to dance i love listening to podcasts while i clean or while i'm cooking that seems to make time go by faster and i can kind of trick myself into enveloping in that world and distracting myself from like the the, the pots you know the pots it's in the sink boring. that are boring let's face it it's so, boring <laughs> you have to make it unboring you have yes. to one of my favorite things someone said recently is find like old folk music that's kind of themed around the 1800s and pretend you're like a barmaid in the 1800s cleaning your bar up and you're like you know (laughs) that's like one of my favorite things right now is just just like literally cosplay being a cleaner more organized person and try to trick yourself into doing it. Can we do the outfit as well Katie? I would encourage any type of cosplay with an outfit, get the apron, get the, you know, the little head um, uh, bandana and the hair, you yeah. know, all of that. Um, I, I, I definitely encourage that. It's like, you have to really distract yourself to make yourself enjoy those little things or forget that you're doing them because those, those little tasks that are so mundane. It's so funny how the little things that take five minutes, like, you know, you folded all the laundry, but putting it away, it'll sit on my couch for, for weeks. And I'll just keep grabbing the piles and moving them around my house instead of actually just grabbing them and putting them away. And so I, like I said, I really do struggle with that that second half, the last leg. It's like, I feel like I just can't make it to the end. And, um, there, there are a lot of strategies and I just have to embrace what, you know, what works for me, whether it's cosplaying and a bar made from the 1800s, or if it's, um, challenging myself. I love to challenge myself. What can I get done in this amount of time? Um, but as far as like organization goes, one thing I really like um, and that that I got from TikTok is the, you know, we, we, people with ADHD often have something where it's out of sight, out of mind. Mm. And that's something I really struggle with is that if I can't see it, it doesn't really exist. It doesn't impact me. And and I don't think people understand that. It's not this like gnawing thing in the back of my mind that I need to do something. If it's out of sight, it's, it's really out of mind. And then it almost, even if it's not, if something becomes part of my environment for too long, I almost forget it's there. And so that pile of clothes... I've almost gotten used to being there. And so they're not really disrupting my environment and they're not really bugging me. <laughs> so I, they almost just like camouflage and like blend in, which I feel like might be really hard for, for some neurotypicals to understand because I think when, when my partner walks by them, it's probably bugging him, you know, mm. <laughs> to see that. And so um, that's one thing. And the other thing is, yeah, like clear containers, anything um, like my pantry right now is like open pantry. I think that kind of helps me. It's not always the prettiest thing, but if you have a problem with closing your cabinet doors, maybe get rid of your cabinet doors, get rid of them all together. And then you might, because you're seeing them all the time and you're seeing your cups and you're seeing your seasonings. That's one thing I also struggle with is I love to cook. I really enjoy it. Um, it's one of those things that, like I said, I put on a podcast and I just kind of do my own thing. I'm like a, a witch in the kitchen and I'm making potions and I'm using all these different seasonings and I'm really creating something. And at the end, my kitchen looks like a complete disaster. And I, I don't know why that's just a, it's like I did all the work and I put all of my magic in that and then I'm done at the end. It's it's just almost like it's really hard for me to button up the last things. And I think that's where a lot of my struggle lies is just the last little bit, it's like, I can do about 90%. And I'm so lucky that I, like I said, have such a wonderful partner where he, he does the last leg of a lot of things. And I think he sees the effort I put into most things all the time. Yeah. And, you know, like a lot of people with ADHD, I am a doom piler. I I'm looking around at my office and I have a stack of ADHD books and a stack of notes and a stack of sticky notes and, and things like that. And, I know a lot of people hire people to help them, but I'm almost like too much of a control freak to allow someone come in and see my mess, (laughs) try to like figure out how to organize it. And so I do have to like put time in my day, like almost time block time to go, okay, organize this or do this. Um, Another thing I really like to do is I'm not very good at the five minutes thing. I know a lot of people do like, okay, just clean up, um, just clean up five minutes a day. And I love that for some people, but for some reason that just doesn't work for me. I am like, put aside an hour of your day on like a random Sunday. And then I just like deep clean and almost like get in the zone. Like something clicks in my brain where I won't look at anything for a whole month. And just like one random day, I'm like super clean. I vacuum everything. I wipe down every surface. And I really try to take advantage of those days. It seems like if I do have motivation and like creativity and understanding of like, okay, this is what I need to get done and the focus of like task initiation and then also like what makes sense. So I'm not just randomly painting my bathroom or (laughs) picking out like random things that I think are fun. But I do try to take advantage of those days where I do have the energy and kind of the motivation to just deep clean. And
0: um, I really appreciate those days when they are here. (laughs) I think that there's two things you said there that are really interesting. One is the out of sight, out of mind thing. And Mm -hmm. this really is very clear with a lot of my clients. If they can't see it, it's not an issue. (laughs) They can can easily forget about it, which I completely get. I'm the same with my baskets of washing that um, most organizers would quickly fold and put away. And... um, Mine can stand there for quite a few days and I can keep walking past them and don't see them anymore. And I think the other thing is also that you have to try and reduce the amount of steps it's going to take in order to complete something. If it's going to take more than one step or maximum two, it's unlikely it's going to happen. And this is what I'm always trying to work with clients and say well, we don't have to fold your clothes you could just have, if you've done the washing and if you've got a bin that you put T-shirts into and another bin that you put trousers into, like jeans and stuff, then you haven't got to worry about folding them. You're more likely to actually put them away and sort of try and find a way to make life easier. But the other thing you said that is completely right is you have to find what works for you. Because if someone tries to impose on you their system then it's not going to work well it might do if you hit the jackpot but in most cases it takes a bit of trial and error working with people to try and go okay well I came back last week and that still wasn't working for you so what can we try this week and see if that works and we just keep plugging away at it until they find the thing that works for them and one of my kids was exactly the same I'd worked out this amazing system for storing her school stuff And so she had trays and each tray had got the name of the subject on. So when she'd finished her homework, she could put it in the tray. And that was, no, it didn't work (laughs) for her. It was an absolute nightmare. And for her (laughs) having everything together and putting it on one bookshelf, which for me would just be a nightmare. But for her that works. Uh, But she had to work that out herself because it was just getting frustrating for her, me suggesting things. So you have to sort of meet people where they're at, I think and and be understanding to the fact that just because it works for you, it's not necessarily going to work for the person that you're trying to support. Can I just hop back to something you said, Katie? Of course, you said about your partner walking past and probably thinking, oh <laughs> <So, laughs> yeah, yeah I, I know my my husband is <laughs> this um living with other people, whether it's been when you were younger and living at home, or now in this situation, or perhaps you used to live, I don't know, in a shared flat or something when you were a student, who knows? How difficult is it, do you think, for other people to be living with someone who has an ADHD diagnosis, or maybe not diagnosed, just... (laughs)
1: Yeah. You know, anybody who has ADHD, it's really funny that you joked that I actually did live in a shed at one point in my life. My parents built, um, built a shed for me to live in for a little bit. When I, when I moved back home for a couple of years, it was actually made to like hold cars. And I think they wanted me to have my own space because, um, you know, going back a little bit, um, when I was growing up as a kid, I, you know, I've always struggled with being messy. i and I use the word messy and I, I don't really care. I, I just know that's how I am. Disorganized, messy, however you want to call it. Yeah. Um. I used to be the child that would, my mom would say, oh, you need to clean up your room, blah, blah. blah. And I'd shove everything in my closet or shove everything under the bed. And,
0: and I did that too.
1: Um, see, I don't know. I'm not going to diagnose you because I'm not legally allowed to. But, <laughs> but
0: My, idea of-, my <laughs> idea of tidying my bedroom when I was a kid, I've only told my parents this recently, was, and I'm 50 now, so... It was a long time ago. I used to get plastic bags from the supermarket that mum had stored downstairs. I put everything into plastic bags and put them under the bed. And they thought I tidied my room and I could never find anything again because it was all <laughs> just in bags under the bed. Anyway, sorry. We, and and then it was out of sight. So then you probably forgot it even existed. Yes. Really. Yes. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um so yeah I I did the same thing I did the things and so it got so bad that you know growing up as a kid my parents would joke and call me Hurricane Katie because I would I I would I was like a hurricane wherever I'd go there would be a trail of things my my parents could follow me through the house and just see this little trail that you know we talked about the cupboard doors being open the lights being on spices being on the counter me eating taking a bite of a you know a granola bar or something and and leaving half of it in the wrapper on the counter and, you know, it's just kind of leaving these little messes wherever I go, because I would put them down and I'd forget they exist. And like I said, they'd become part of my environment and I wouldn't even see them anymore. And, and so I definitely was one of those kids and it got so bad that my dad thought that a way to like, and I'm not saying this is good parenting. I would not suggest this to anyone. This is more of like a, don't do this story. Um, my dad ended up taking the door off of my room, my door, because yeah. he thought that because that he thought that I'd be embarrassed that my room was a mess. And I did not care. It wasn't like shame was going to work because it was just how my brain was wired. And so he like thought it would be like this thing, like, oh, I'm going to take her door off. And then she'll be so embarrassed because everyone walking around the house is going to see her room being messy. But it's like, that was my environment. I liked the way I was living. And, and I would, you know, similar go into like spurts where I would kind of clean up my room. But most of the time I would just shove things and I kind of knew where everything was in in, in reality. I think I could, it's like weird how I, I was messy and everything was kind of random, but I actually knew where everything was. But yeah, I mean, that was something that I, I, I dealt with most of my life. And like I mentioned earlier is like, my backpacks and my binders I never used any type of school organizing things like my backpack would just have assignments just shoved in and I'd be the kid in class trying to find the the paper and I wouldn't be able to find it and I'd get home and my dad would be like why do you have a C in this class we did all this homework and I'd be like I couldn't find it um and it was always like I lost it or or something happened and then I'd find it weeks later it seemed like even when I would try to be organized, it just those tools and and the organizing tools that I used just didn't work for me. And I think that I just needed someone to kind of help me and, and having that extra support would have been really great to just have somebody at the end of the day, go through my backpack with me. Mm -hmm. And I would say that it maybe would only have taken five or 10 minutes, but It was the same thing. Is like I was already at school for so many hours a day. At the end of the day, I really didn't want to deal with that, and so I really just needed almost like someone to come help me with that last little bit. And then, um, you know, that was most of my life was being Hurricane Katie. And I'd like to say that I've gotten better now, and maybe peer pressure has worked, or living with someone has worked because I do have to like respect, and I don't want to come across gross. But you know, I still leave my clothes in the bathroom floor after I take a shower and, um, I still do leave things behind and don't shut cabinets and stuff, but it is kind of just having someone who understands me because I don't think shame worked because it wasn't like I was aware that I was doing it. So I couldn't be ashamed because it would be more of like afterwards. I'm like, Oh shoot. I'm so sorry. And so I think that just finding the tools to support your kids and not <laughs> using strange practice, active, because we do feel bad. We don't want, we don't want to be known as messy or gross or dirty or, you know, like, cause I don't really feel dirty or gross. I just, I just feel like I'm just living in this world and just trying to grab yeah. onto whatever I can to just survive. And I really didn't have a problem with how I was living. And, and I don't know, it, it is kind of, it, it is really interesting Um, but you know, there are times where I really do feel really organized, especially when it, and that's that interest-based learning system that we have is that I do at times, like I said, um, and I hate that it sounds like an excuse when I say when I'm really passionate about something, I can be really organized because normal people might go, well, then that means that she could be organized if she really wanted to, but it doesn't really depend on that. It really depends on what my brain is interested or what like lights that fire, because when I. When I thought I had, when I well, I knew I had ADHD, but when I was suspecting I had ADHD, I was really organized about all the traits that I had and made a binder. And then, like, when I think about things like my pantry, and I really like the idea of my pantry looking really, really nice. And I love I have all my food in these clear jars, and so it forces me kind of to be organized in a way because when I walk into my pantry, I can see what I have. Everything is in these clear jars, all my grains, all my rice and oatmeal and lentils and all that stuff is are in these big glass jars. And, And that's been really helpful in having that system in place and making those steps that are easier for ourselves, right? And so I buy stuff in bulk. So when I get home from the grocery store and I'm putting stuff away, I have these big bags that I just refill my yeah. big jars with. And so people see my pantry and they go, "Well, she's so organized. And it looks so great. Why can't she be like that with the rest of my life?" But there is something because I do love to cook. Yeah. And I love food and I'm food motivated. I'm like I'm like my cat. <laughs> um I think that is just like an extra piece or with my art supplies is another thing. Is usually I am a I'm a hot mess when it comes to my art supplies, but Having some tools of organization like the tubs and these clear tubs, um, like these clear drawers, has really helped. But also helped is that I really did stop using them. Honestly, I wasn't doing a bunch of million projects (laughs) because you know, and that's I think that's one thing I struggle with. It's because I I do struggle with finishing. I do always have these messes around my house because I start a project and I have to take out all the stuff, but I'm not done, so I don't want to put it away because I'm not done. Yeah. And so then it just becomes another thing. And then I've got projects on projects on projects on projects. And then one of those days comes through where I just, it's like rage cleaning is the word I like to use where you're, you are. You're just throwing things in plastic bags because eventually you're like, it's dead to me. I don't even care. I just want it out. And so yeah. it, what's unfortunate about that is I do that. And then my my partner's going through and he's like, do you really want to get rid of this? Are you
0: sure you want to get rid of this? I'm like, just get rid of it. I'm sick of seeing <laughs> And I think one thing you've just mentioned uh, or what you've just mentioned is is really key. When you have too much of something, it's hard to keep it tidy. And this is what I'm always saying to my clients. If we can just reduce the amount you have of kitchen utensils, the ones you're not using, let's get them out of the kitchen because it makes it harder to put stuff away when the drawers are so full anyway. Um your pantry by the way there's a lovely lovely reel we'll tell people at the end how they can find you on instagram yes. but there's a lovely reel of your pantry and it does look really great so you should be super proud of it it's it's a great job
1: if only the rest of my house looked like that right i'm i am very proud of my pantry thank you it's it's i love it and i would encourage everyone to do that is if you can you know, put things in clear containers so you can see them. Because like I said earlier, it is that out of sight, out of mind. And we never want to waste food and we never want to forget it exists. And it helps when when we're cooking too, to see all of our options, to have them there to go, I know how much I have of this because a lot of people in their fridge, it's the same thing as like putting your romaine lettuce in the drawer, in the crisper, you might forget it's there. And so then you have all these poor bag salads that you're so ambitious and excited to eat. And all of a sudden you forget they were there and they're bad. And that's, you know, they're almost $4 a bag now. You've got three or four, you just wasted. It 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 makes you feel so, so awful. And so I really try to find ways. um, One thing I really like is the eat first shelf. I'll have like a thing when I open up my fridge. um, We have two fridges, which I'm really fortunate is that because we have a lot of condiments. I don't know if that's just an American thing, but we have so many condiments. So we kind of have like a condiment fridge where if I really need something like ketchup or mustard for something, I know we have it. And so I can go out to the other fridge and get it. But using those condiment shelves and putting things that I need to eat right now or that are going to go bad or that I need to see because when I open the fridge, it's going to be there. That has really helped.
0: That's a great idea.
1: Yeah. And so try to remember things that, or I've another really good tip I've seen is, the crisper that I was talking about. Some people put their condiments in the crisper too. And then they leave their, the shelves open for the food. And I think that's, that's a really, a really smart thing. Um, Our fridge doesn't really have the kind of capacity to do that. Our our crisper shelves are kind of weirdly shaped. And so I can't fit all of our condiments in there. But yeah, you just have to be aware if you're somebody who does forget things exist or things pile up is to just make sure that you can't miss them, that they're gonna be in your in your line of sight and to once in a while maybe check in on those things and like kind of reorganize things or toss things out and kind of like move the environment around because when it does make those little changes, your eyes tend to see them a lot better.
0: One thing that I really find that most of my clients with ADHD really struggle with is keeping on top of the laundry. And I did ask quite a few of my clients. um, I told them I was going to have a chat with you. And, you know, what what would you love to know? What's the one thing you wish you could just wave a magic wand and it would become easier? What would be a great place to have a strategy? And quite a few of them said laundry that they know if they just did one load of laundry every day, they wouldn't end up with this massive pile that then becomes so overwhelming, you actually don't know where to start with it. And you just and then it gets left because it's just too much. Um, so I think quite a few of the tips you've given today about, you know, trying to just force you to block on the calendar. Okay, this is going to be my time for... And and sort of actually just having to force yourself to do it. But that's not easy when you don't want to. You've got other other creative ideas or other things that you're really excited about that are dragging you off in a different direction. Yeah.
1: And we hate being
0: put in boxes, right? As soon yeah. as
1: I start to put like regulations and I start to put those walls up, my brain's like, are you putting me in a box right now? Yes. Are, you, are you putting deadlines on things? Because I don't like that. And I, it is really hard. Um, one thing is, you know, we kind of talked about that, like peer pressure and peer support is so important with people with ADHD. And I, you know, there's this, this thing that's kind of taken, taken, um, over
0: social media is body doubling.
1: Mm. Have you, have you heard of body
0: doubling? I have. Do you want to explain to people about it? Cause I think it's amazing. Yeah. And I know yeah. you're you're doing a lot of this.
1: Yeah. So, so I do it. Um, you know, a lot of us are working from home. And so I think it kind of developed as this thing where, Um, people do it a lot virtually, um, but the best way I can explain it is kind of like, um, if you, if you have a best friend and you, you are about to do something kind of boring and you decide, oh, I'm just going to FaceTime them while I do this. And I think that is a really good way to explain something is it's like calling up your best friend and doing a mundane task that you typically wouldn't enjoy, but their engagement and maybe they're doing a similar thing you know, if you've got this pile of laundry that you need to fold, put on your comfort show, put on a show that you love that, you know, it doesn't like, you already know what's going to happen. You're not enveloped, but you can kind of listen to it, enjoy it. It makes you feel good. Call up your friend and tackle that, that pile of laundry and just talk with them and and make it a better experience. I think that has really helped. So like body doubling is like doing something alongside somebody with you. And so it's similar to like peer support. And so I, I don't know if I did the best way of explaining it, but I do no, something very do. similar where I I do this thing on ADHD social um, and it's called co working. And so for two hours, three times a week, I get on and I I do co working for two hours, which is basically me on Zoom working with quiet music playing. I'm I'm making calls. I'm doing emails. And people log on with me and they do their work. And they and some people have told me that they've kind of put all the tasks that they have a hard time doing within that two-hour timeframe so they know that I have two hours to do it with Katie and then I get it done. Yeah. And, and that's been, oh gosh, it's been, it's so silly to think about that. I really, I need someone to be there to, but it's, it's almost, it's kind of comforting. And it, and, it, and at the same time, you know, when I, when I call my friend and I'm like, Hey, I'm going to do this. She's like, oh, I need to go do this. So I'll, I'll do it while we're talking on the phone. And it makes the time go by faster. You're not really realizing you're doing it. You're either watching a show in the background or you're talking to your friend. And, um, Something about that has been really helpful for me. And and, um, I've heard a really, a lot of good feedback on social media about it. And it's probably something that you're already doing, but when you do, like when you're having a hard time and you have something that you've been really wanting to do, but you haven't found the motivation or, you know, that spark hasn't lit because we do struggle with, with like only doing things that we're interested in. We always, we don't always get to choose what we're interested in. Right. And so, you never know, and so when there is something, some daunting task that really shouldn't be daunting, but it is, I I, I call up my friend. I say, "Hey, I, I got it. I'm going to fold some laundry. I'm going to match socks." And she's like, "Sweet, great. I got to do this." And we and we
0: do it together, and it's it really helps. Yeah, um, it it really does. No, th- I think that's a really great tip. So tell us about ADHD social. ADHD
1: Social is an online community for people with ADHD, and I started it with um, three other of my best friends that I actually met at an ADHD conference, and we all met at this conference, and it was very, like, educational-based, so it was for people who wanted to learn more about ADHD or are implementing ADHD into, like, their work, or they're trying to learn about it or share about it or they've written a book about it or something, so it was very, like, educational, professional and we show up and we're just a bunch of content creators. <laughs> and we're thinking, man, this is very professional. I wish there was a place that we could meet up and just be ourselves away from social media where, you know, we don't have to deal with the trolls or anything like that. And I was like, I think we all just kind of decided, wow, well, we want to do more things like that, meet up and have social interactions with other people with ADHD who actually get us. And we all really connected in that way. And so we all kind of, we all live in different States all over the United States. And when we got back, I go, I think we can do this. And we created an online platform for for people with ADHD. And so it's, it's been such a fantastic journey. And um, we've got all sorts of stuff. We have professionals come on and do live Q and A's. So we have different professionals who have ADHD or have studied about it, or, you know, have some like really good knowledge. We have coaches who come on and do live Q and A's. Um, we do the body doubling i do my co-working on there and so if you know if you create an account you can come co-work with me or do body doubling um and yeah it's really changed my life in the most positive fantastic way because i thought social media really really helped me understand my own brain and find connection and so it's really cool to create a platform for people just with ADHD to go on and do that as well and, and really find community and post questions and, and share their experiences without having to worry about if they're going to be judged or if someone's going to make them feel bad. It's like every time I see a post on there, every everybody's showing their experiences and then they're also like writing comments of like, oh. I struggled with that too, but this works for me because, you know, things don't always work forever. And so, like I said, you know, sometimes things work for a few weeks and then it doesn't. And you're kind of like, Oh man, and it, it's really easy to to feel really bad about it, and then you go on there and you're like, someone else is like, well, I tried this where I play old music on my on YouTube, and I pretend I'm a barmaid, and no one would ever think of that. I would never thought of that in my entire life. And look at me now. Now I now I'm about to cosplay. I got to get the little apron and everything. But <laughs> it, it's it's been fantastic to really create a community on there, and and to help. And to have ADHD and to like share experiences and really find community for the first time, a lot of us, you know, are late diagnosed um, to find community where people actually understand you and can answer your questions and say, oh, me too. Yeah. It's so refreshing. And it's so healing in a way because your whole life, people have been pointing out the things that are wrong with you and saying, do it this way, doing it this way. And, you know, we are trying to change who we are to fit this like neurotypical standard. And for once you can just, be yourself, right? And so, on. You know, ADHD social. I think the tagline is a space just for us, and it, it really is. It's a space for us to just be ourselves, and to to find community. and And it's really great. And I, i've I've had a really great time hearing from other people and and being a part of a part of it and designing it has been
0: a lot of fun. It is, it is a wonderful platform. I was lucky enough that you suggested I join and I've, I've had a look rounds and it is great. It is, it is really great. So congratulations on that because it's, it's such a huge help for the ADHD community. It's fantastic. So where can we find you on Instagram and other social media places? And I will put links to everything about you in the show notes so that people can, can find you and come and have a look.
1: Yeah. So on Instagram, I'm Katie, K A T I E, dot ADHD. And I also have a personal account, which is the Studio Katie Sue. And that's more for like my graphic design side. And I do a lot of stuff with graphic design. Um, on TikTok, I'm Katie Sue Hue, which is Katie S U E H U E. And what else am I on? Is that it? And then on ADHD social, I guess. But yeah. Um, A really good friend of mine, Trina, and I are already kind of in the process. We're actually launching next week um, Get Lost Retreats, which is we're going to start doing women's retreats for women with ADHD um, internationally all over the world. And our our first stop is actually, I can say this now, um, Jamaica. How exciting! Yeah. yeah, so if if you want to come along with us, um, it's it's really exciting. So we're going to resort in Jamaica, and we I think we're planning on having between thirty and forty women go, and we're gonna have a guest speaker come on and talk about what it's like to be a woman with ADHD and and how even our hormones can affect ADHD, which is a whole new thing that I'm learning about because I had no idea. I mean. I, I know how hormones affect my life already. And then to hear that they actually make my symptoms even more extreme, you know, it's just, you know, womanhood, right? It's just, yeah. but to be in a space like that and to connect with women in real life who are, who are probably late diagnosed or um, learning about ADHD for the first time, I'm really excited just to connect with other women. Like I said, it's so healing, right? To just hear like, I do that too. And this has worked for me. And all those things. And so that's what we're really wanting to create on these retreats is to kind of like that journey of self-discovery and self-acceptance with other women with ADHD for the first time. Um, and so i are really passionate about that. And so um, you can find more information about that on Get Lost Retreats and then also on my social medias and stuff like
0: that. Fantastic. Katie, it has been a joy talking to you. You're just a a mine of information. I I could talk to you for another hour and I'd still be finding stuff to ask you. So thank you so, so much for your time and good luck with all your projects that you've got coming up.
1: Thank you. And I I really appreciate all the stuff that you're doing too, because, you know, there's a lot of like Self-esteem that comes with being disorganized, and we always have this feeling of like there's something wrong with me because this doesn't work, and I can't seem to stay clean. and And it's really like we just need to find the tools that work for us. And I really appreciate you finding the tools that support you and your family, and and being open minded that what works for you or works for your daughter might not work for your son or your husband or whoever. And it's like we're all so different, and different tools work for us. And I, I love that you're you're preaching that because it's so important for us to hear that yeah we are different. And it's okay.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Enjoy the rest of your day. I will say for you. What time is it with you? What
1: time is it? It's um, it's lunchish noon. It's lunchish here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Quarter past nine in the evening here with me in Germany. Lord, so
1: it's good night for you. It's good night for me.
0: (laughs) And enjoy your lunch. To you, thank you, Katie. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Katie and found her insights and tips on organisational struggles helpful. I so appreciated her honesty. Remember, I've created a free resource that includes everything we talked about today and you can download it at caroline-thor.com forward slash hacks. All links mentioned in this episode and how to connect with Katie can be found in the show notes as well. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and share it with your friends and family. It helps us to reach more people and continue to bring you inspiring and informative content. Thank you again for listening. Until next time. If you've enjoyed this episode... Please send the link to a friend you know would appreciate it. Subscribe and leave a review. I look forward to bringing you more organising tips next time. But if you can't wait until then, you can go to my website or find me on Instagram at caro.thor or on Facebook at Caroline Organiser. Thanks for listening and I look forward to guiding you on your journey to find your clutter-free ever after.